Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today, we're speaking with Russ, whose son, Lawrence, was born still. Russell, welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Russ, I'm going to ask you to share your story of loss with us. Um, the, this podcast shares stories of loss in order to help other people feel connected to uh, some similar experiences. Okay. Well, I'd like to start with my my loss has a name, and his name is Lawrence Russell Hunt. Uh, he's my son. He was still born August 11th, 2016. Uh, and the story starts the day before on August 10th. Um, my wife didn't feel a lot of movement. Uh, we still had a midwife appointment that day. Uh, so we, we just kind of stayed with the, the appointment and the, and the schedule we were on. And um, her mother was actually here and took her to the appointment. And then... I got a phone call and um, there's just a, a feeling I had with the phone call and it was her mom and she's like, we're heading to the hospital. And, and I mean, my heart sank. I mean, I, I didn't want to go down the road of is, is our baby gone? And <laughs> so anyway, mom got here. I got to, I drove to the hospital um, with my wife and we went into the, whatever, wherever we had to go to, to see this, you know, the doctors and specialists. And I remember sitting there and it was probably only minutes, but it felt like hours and they had all monitors and, and my wife was hooked up and, you know, you, I thought I could, you know, there was, I could see blips and the heartbeat was there. And, and I was, you know, I was, I, again, didn't want to go to the darkness mm-hmm. that we lost our baby and there was, you know, you'd hear the thud, thud, and like, okay, okay, this is, and, and there wasn't a lot being said uh, between us and, and, and the um, experts. And then the, I guess the head expert came in and, and um, he checked and he said, sorry, your, your baby's gone. And I, you know, I, <laughs> this part, um, I remember yelling. I, and, and, and crumpling to my knees um, in, in disbelief, like those, the words are still with me. It's just like it happened yesterday in a sense, you know, that I can uh-huh. relive that moment as much as I don't want to. That will never leave me, that uh-huh. moment. And after I fell to the ground and, and you know, I, I was in a chair, you know, somehow got to a chair, I just... I can honestly not remember much after that. It was, I was in a fog. Um, and then, you know, we had to, at that point, my wife had to go through the labor process mm-hmm. because he, he was, you know, it was 38 weeks. You know, yeah. he was almost full at that point, basically he's full term. And so 
it was almost gosh it was another day more almost more than a day that and then it wasn't until the 11th that night that uh he was that lawrence was born so she had to sit through this whole process and, and you know getting medicated and, and going through contractions knowing uh-huh. that our baby's not alive uh-huh. you know and I, and I know i'm mentioning her but i'm like from my eyes to see her go through that and to know that there is no joy at the end of this Mm-hmm. And and to watch that all the pain and physicality of labor, and yeah. know that the reward of a baby that you get to bundle up and take home isn't there at the end of it, that's really a powerful um, tragedy to stand sort of. by for. Yeah. When he did come to, he was uh, he was beautiful. He was mm-hmm. exactly like he looks a lot like his brother, um, his older brother, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just couldn't believe he wasn't uh, crying. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's uh, and then from there, I mean, it was the whole, you know, you, you know, I think it leads into our next point of challenges. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and sort of like so. I mean, the the discovery that his heart had stopped beating, and the birth of Lawrence was, you know, so challenging all in its own time and then comes the grieving process right and so what were some of what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had in the grieving process russ Uh, to to sum it up you know basically being a man Mm. Uh, being being a dad who's lost a kid even if you're not you know just being a male has been hard because you know we're supposed to get over it Quicker. Yeah, you're right. supposed to be strong. Yes, and yeah, I have absolutely. I have been strong, but man, like it for me personally, it knocked the wind out of my sails. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, I I thank the powers to be that we we had an older son. Mm-hmm. That, to be honest, the challenge was to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, to keep going in the sense of doing things every day. Uh-huh. And our, my savior was him. Uh-huh. He was up every day. He made me do things. That's right. And he, that was the first challenge was just to do simple things. And I mean, that was in the beginning. And then, you know, we, we tell, you know, tell our friends and, and acquaintances and, and coworkers and, you know, family and everybody, right? And the first couple of months, very supportive, very mm-hmm. supportive. But, you know, from, again, the male standpoint, I just, just move on. You know, and, you know, if I could just, just throw out a few examples, it's like, yeah, just come to the gym or let, let's go have a beer let's go and have chicken wings i'm like i don't i i can't i don't uh-huh. i can i am so the scar is so wide open uh-huh. i can't be exposed to the public and i lost i lost a few friends through this process uh-huh. well they, they your grieving didn't match what they thought that it should it sounds like it sounds like they had an idea about how long you should grieve and when you should be ready to do the more kind of normal things of going out and doing guy stuff right and and um that 
experience really put a lot of distance between you and people who started out supportive but couldn't stay for the duration of your journey. No, it, it taught me that you know you're supposed everything's supposed to be fine. Everything, everything's supposed to be good because people can deal with good. People can deal with fine. Yeah. People can deal with, with any disease basically out there, but as soon as you mention the death of a baby, you are people step away from you. And yeah, there's a real that, stigma around that kind of loss around talking about it openly. Yeah, and I, I felt as a male that you know, like it was you know, if I brought up Lawrence's name, and I, I'm not ashamed to bring him up, but you could just see the body language change. Uh-huh. You know, the the not that the air was sucked out of the room, but it was just there was this sense of awkwardness. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sorry. No, in, in in my perspective, no one's an expert on baby loss. Uh-huh. No, it's just you need to to listen. And, you know, they say they'd listen, but then they it would give it would get uncomfortable very quickly. Uh-huh. Even even even, you know, three and a half years later. It's, you know, with my parents, it's fine. But with my brothers, it's mentioned briefly, but there's still a, you can just sense it. I can sense it anyway. And that's right. a challenge. It's a challenge because one of the challenges is like re- having him remembered. Uh-huh. Having him remembered. Yes, it's almost four years. He was, I held him in my arms. He existed. He was beautiful. Yeah. He was here. And yeah. it's the hardest question, Maureen, for me to answer is how many kids do you have? Uh-huh. That's what a probably challenge. the biggest challenge. I don't, and like I said, almost four years later, I still, my shoulders go up a little bit because I, it's not their fault. And it's like, I have to, in that moment, determine, is this person involved in my life? Yeah. Or is this someone who just needs to know I have two living children? Yep. And that yeah. is a little scar because I feel bad that I didn't mention Lawrence. It is, you know, losing your child brings many, many challenges in many ways. And you've really highlighted some significant ones. You know, the idea of, you know, just being a bereaved dad and the role that bereaved dads have and the fact that often dads are not acknowledged um, in, in the same way. Um, and sometimes not at all. Um, the, the challenge of being a man and some of the stereotypical expectations about how you're supposed to cope. Um, and then that ongoing, um, challenge of trying to recognize your grief, acknowledge your grief, you know, even as you're getting back to functioning and having it not meet um, people's expectations, which leaves you struggling to have your child recognized and honored. You know, those yeah. are pretty powerful challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, that's daily. It's yeah. Daily, right? And yeah. It, and it's still powerful. Almost four years later, it's still a really powerful piece of what happens to you every day. Right, that grief. What is it that is helping you heal, helping you function, um, helping you honor Lawrence? What are the things that are are giving you hope and healing? Um, you know, I went through a process. Um, I, for myself, I've planted a garden. 
okay. um, on our property. Uh, I like. I just found. I found comfort in nature, uh-huh. especially that first year for myself. I found comfort with being outside, and I was reading what nature was providing, and uh, whether it be various birds or butterflies or dragonflies, uh, I was just I was in tune to that. Uh-huh. And then I I did I, I I put a garden in and with uh, you know specific plants that would bloom around his birthday. Uh-huh. Beautiful. And, and uh, you know created a sign saying it was Lawrence's garden and just I and just even through exhaustion and being busy I always to this day in the summer obviously I maintain that garden I uh-huh. make sure that that is taken care of. Um, we have also created, he has, a, he has a space above our front door. Uh-huh. Uh, that is his room. And we continue to decorate that for the seasons. And, and he looks out into our living space and watches over us. Uh-huh. Um, so really honest, fi- finding ways to keep him present, right? Yeah. Between yeah. the garden and the space that's his in the house, you yeah. know, his room, those are like that's his piece of, of, of territory in your family. Right. Yeah. And that's helpful because then, you know, he's there, he matters and, uh, and you carry Lawrence forward in all of those ways. 100%. I wear a bracelet that actually you gave me uh-huh. uh, forever in my heart. Um, and that brings up questions with people and I, that gives me an opportunity to recognize him and mention him uh-huh. and the responses are very positive, but that's something I wear every day. I take a moment every day to say hello to him. Uh-huh. And to be honest, in this process, some positives. I talked about losing a lot of friends. Uh-huh. Uh, my best friend became even more of my best friend and his wife, actually, through this process. Because he is the only one every August 11th or Christmas, what a, he will mention Lawrence. Uh-huh. And him and his wife, whether they recognize it on you know, social media or or texting or phone call, they they have adapted to it, and it's such it's just heartwarming because uh-huh. a lot of the time we're you know we're left in the cold. And uh-huh. Well, the Christmas cards come to four of you when there should be five names, right? Yeah. And those are the kind of moments when someone like your best friend and his partner recognize that and send you a card that has Lawrence's name on it too. That really helps you because it, yeah. it honors what's important to you, which is honoring Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's some positives for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been it's been through kind of work and processing and thinking about what's important to you and what you need that you've moved through um, some of the grief and done some of healing. Um, it's true, I think, when you lose a child, just as as it's true when everyone has a significant loss of a loved one, that the grief is yours for life. Um it's not as if you'll get over it or, you know, um, it'll be cured. Right. It's something, it's something that you, no, you can't cure it. It's you carry it Yes. and and how you carry it shifts. And it sounds like the actions you're taking are what's helping you shift it so that it becomes something you can carry. And honestly talking 
I've talked to therapists, counselors, social workers. It, you have to talk. I mean, for me, and a lot of and I, it, a lot of males will not talk. I, I just need to talk because that is such a, a relief. Yeah, a lot of people really struggle to find words, and a lot of people are worried um, about sharing what they think and feel because mm-hmm. they're worried about being judged. But but mm-hmm. that it sounds like talking has been one of the ways that you've really been able to dig into this grief and what it means to you and how you're going to live with it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's not wonderful that you lost Lawrence, but it, what I do say wonderful about is that you're finding the the small bits and some of the bigger bits like your friends honoring Lawrence that um are able to lift you sometimes when you need that extra um to keep moving you know you have you have um uh two living children and they motivate you to get up every day and have breakfast with them, right? You know? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, and maintaining the garden is yeah. a wonderful way to pay tribute to Lawrence's memory um, and having the, the flowers bloom around his birthday. Yeah. If I asked you, Russ, to kind of define grief, you know, how would you, can you give it a definition? Grief uh, for me is defined as a roller coaster of emotions that the speed will vary day by day. Um, there are some days that the grief is heavy and it takes a long time. To, you know, if I could use the roller coaster reference to get up that hill, right, to get over, okay. to find an easy way down. And it's it's like, a, you know, being almost four years now, It's you. there's some heavy days. Uh-huh. days and I, I've noticed though within the last year there, there's definitely more better days that was terrible uh-huh. I apologize but th- there are be- better days and not as many heavy mm-hmm. it's uh, the balance shifts in time doesn't it yeah. you yes. know when when Lawrence died all you could feel and see was his loss in many ways, it overshadowed everything. Yeah. And as time goes on, as the other children grow and you're moving through these processes of grieving, um, the um, it's still there, it's always there, but there's room for other things like pleasure and joy and love and tenderness as well. It's so many, it's so many things, the umbrella is, is large, at least in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and you can hold the pain, and you can hold all that other yeah. um, emotion as well. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I deal deal with it differently than than my wife would deal with it, and mm-hmm. that's just part of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, that's such a common experience that um, uh, partners deal with it differently, and no two people will grieve exactly the same, even though there may be some similarities, right? So, so has been a part of your experience then also, you know, finding a way to balance your grief against your wife's and, and finding your way through that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We've worked it out. You know, mm-hmm. there's definitely, definitely some trying times, but I mean, we, we share the same, the same story in a sense from mm-hmm. a, from an, you know, a mental and almost emotional standpoint we we share a similar story obviously physically a lot different but we had to respect each other's grief in our process and how we went through it 
Yeah, you respect each other's process because the love for Lawrence is at the heart of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have to raise him together. We want to raise him together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing Lawrence's story with us, Russ, and for joining us to talk about the challenges and some of the ways that have really helped you cope with this loss as you're moving forward. I'm really grateful for your, for your time. Well, I'm, I'm very thankful that you you thought of myself and, and my wife and, and took the time to, to hear our story because there's more people out there with, with stories like ours, and it's just nice to be heard. Mm-hmm. Nice to be heard, I think, and also nice to to hear that you're not alone. And when yeah. someone like you is brave enough to share your story, it definitely does help others know um, that they're not alone. Thank yeah. you, Maureen. Thank you, Russ. Take good care. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing. Mm